Uh, this morning's message uh, is entitled Speak Life. <clears throat> You'll get it in a minute. Speak Life. And we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, we're going to take this simple theme today. It's time to for us to encourage people by talking about the hope in Jesus. Okay? And I, I don't typically take a primary text for Sunday morning uh, out of the prophets. And so I'm gonna, I will provide a little bit of explanation uh, for this, but I want to just read it and let the word be the word. Um, does that sound alright? So Ezekiel chapter 37, I'm gonna start in, uh, verse 1. And Ezekiel is, um, the son of a priest who, uh, has gone through the schooling, uh, would have memorized, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, would have been able to quote them verbatim, uh, was, um, astute in the word of the Lord and who God is, who God was, and, um, would have had a personal relationship with God. And God, the, God's people are, uh, in captivity. And we're, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, but God starts to show Ezekiel things and starts to tell him that he's giving him a role as it relates to the people of God. In fact, he says to him, I'm making you a watchman. I'm going to show you things and then you're supposed to tell them. And, and different than with some of the prophets, God actually says, this is what I want you to say and how I want you to say it. And here's the actions, the things I want you to do to illustrate what I'm going to say. And, and it gets a little freaky. So, you know, he's, he's already gone through some journey before this vision. So here we are, Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. He's already had some journey with God, like he knows, like, whoa, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Only you know, God. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of God. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. Kind of like the Lego Star Wars games when they're using the force to put the little Lego things together. There was this noise. Rattling noise all across the valley, the bones of each body come to, came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, and still they had no breath in them. Then he said to me, God said to Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. 
they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Now, this is, uh, depending on your YouTube habits, a preacher's playground for all sorts of misinterpretation. And so I'm going to try to keep it real and pull out some of the simple truths that are here that often get ignored. So, speak life. It's time for us to encourage people by talking about the hope in Jesus. God's people, the Israelites, are being held captive in Babylon. Their hometowns are in ruins. Ezekiel's been given a message to speak to them, and this is about 593 years before Jesus Christ. God's saying to Ezekiel, prior to this, he's saying things like, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. And I will make a covenant of peace with my people. You are my people. I am your Lord. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. We're going to come back to the sovereign Lord. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols. These are things that God has said prior to this vision. And just before this vision, we get the verses, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees. I am ready to hear Israel's prayers and to increase their numbers. The ruined cities will be crowded with people once more, and everyone will know that I am the Lord. And here in this passage we get, Can these bones become living people again? God, only you know. Speak a prophetic word to them. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you alive again. Now, if the Apostle Paul were here with us this morning, the next seven hours would be spent walking through how this connects to the New Testament. We don't have seven hours today, so I'm just going to give you a little bit. Somebody say, a little bit bit. is going to be good. So we're going to go from here to Isaiah. And so I want to show you, because I know some of you, our minds work in different ways. I want to show you the connection between this and the ministry of Isaiah, because it connects with Jesus and it connects with what we talked about last Sunday. Some of you said, I wasn't here last Sunday. Guess what? You can hear it, cityharborchurch.com. You can download it, stream it, your podcast app. Aren't you so glad for that? 
Here's a historical timeline on the screen with Isaiah and other Old Testament prophets. So you see on the far left, a thousand years before Christ, we see David writes the Psalms that are established in Jerusalem, which Jesus prayed, and Solomon builds the temple after his father David, which we spoke of that temple uh, last Sunday. We see Jonah there, and then we see Isaiah comes after Jonah in this uh, in, a, in a different time of captivity. And then there's Micah and Jeremiah, and then Ezekiel comes on the heels of Jeremiah's ministry. Jeremiah and Isaiah had a little bit of overlap, as it were, Ezekiel comes right in the end of it, and it's a transition time for what's going on with God's people. That's noteworthy. And then Daniel starts the first six chapters of Daniel are exciting. That's what we do kids' storybooks with. The last six chapters people don't like to touch because it's kind of scary. There's 70 weeks. We don't know what the wheel is and this, that, and the other, and how it connects to Revelations. Trust me. I had to take that class, and later I taught that class. And when I taught that class, all my students were older than me. That was awkward. (laughs) So we have Daniel, then Zechariah, Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah. And I had a young student actually ask me why Ezra had a beard if she was a woman. She's not a woman. Ezra was a man. Uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, then Malachi. Then what what you have is actually 400 years between the last of the prophecies that we see in the Old Testament and when Jesus comes and walks the earth. And so there is some connection there. And I know that that might seem a little bit confusing, so I'm going to put a map on the screen for those of you whose brain works in a really different way. We see the Mediterranean Sea on the left. We see the Persian Gulf on the right. That's where you have Iraq and Iran and Kuwait and the United Arab Emirates. Or what? how do we say? It changes on me. Okay, thank you. I'm older. So, um, what you see here is a map, and uh, down uh, to the right of where you see Samaria, between Samaria, uh, the words, and Israel, Jerusalem, and Judah, there you see up above the word Israel on the top left, that's where the Sea of Galilee is, and then that little squiggly line is the River Jordan that goes south out of the Sea of Galilee down into the Dead Sea, which has no outlets, and that's why it's dead. Salt content is so high that you can still float in it to this day. So the people have been taken on more than one occasion. You see when the exiles left and you see the Babylonian captivity and you see the Assyrian captivity and those are what is being going on during the time of Ezekiel and Isaiah. I just thought you might find that a little bit helpful to kind of get a picture of what's going on. Maybe you still have a hard copy of the Bible with some maps in the back. It's fun. It's worth it. Can these bones become living people again? God, only you know. God says, speak a prophetic word to them. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you alive again. You ever had one of those weeks where it just seems like people in your neighborhood are screaming at each other? I don't know. I mean, mean, y'all know where we live, right around the corner in narrow streets, row houses. I don't know what's going on this week, man. I saw so many people screaming at each other. Why so serious? What is the drama? Save the drama for your mama. Wait, that is your mama. What? Why are y'all yelling at each other? Sometimes it just seems like in the neighborhood it's like that. Yeah, this has been a tough week for the city with violence and shootings and Morgan State housing and over by the hospital and I was struck by one of the witnesses of the shooting over by the hospital being interviewed and talking about the change, how things are different now than they used to be. And she said, this city is dead. That's what she said. That's exactly what she said. This city is dead. 
ask myself, whose report will you believe? So as, as a transplant to Baltimore, I haven't moved here in August of 2010, I know what a lot of other transplants know, which is up and down the East Coast, Baltimore City's a bad word. Baltimore City's kind of like where Jesus was born. Can anything good come out of there? I mean, I'm not trying to offend anybody who's here. And I love the city, all right? But let's just, let's just talk about it, right? We got problems. And there are some folks in the city who believe that the city is dead. But what are they really saying? They're saying there are people that are not worthy to be living. That's what they're really saying. Saying, these young people committing these heinous acts of violence. You get, you hear what I'm saying? God takes Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones, and they're not even like laid out in nice little rows so you can see, oh yeah, that's the femur, and that's, I don't even know what that one is, right? They're scattered. And what are, and it doesn't just say dead bones, it says dry bones. What are dead, dry bones? They are people who are a has-been, a cannot-be, a cannot-come-back-to-life. And what does God specifically say to the prophet that the bones represent? He specifically says that they represent the people who have no hope. I want to start making a t-shirt. Hope is dope. Hope is dope. I don't know about you. I promised myself I was going to try to be calm and quiet today. But this morning, when I came in, I came in to interact with God. I was hoping you would show up and we could have some time together because I love you and I love being with you. But I don't come here to interact with humans. I come here to interact with the living God. Because there is a one true living God who is alive, who speaks life, who spoke life into me. When other people had given up on me, when other people had written me off and said there will nothing good come out of his life. I come and I invite you to come. 9.30 on Sunday mornings, this is your place of prayer to interact with the living God. We had an amazing time of worship and prayer and teaching and prophetic ministry last night. First Saturday of the month, we gathered together with other believers. It was off the hook. It was so good. So good. And not just because Ray got to laugh really loud. Okay, let's start with the application. Maybe on the inside of us today, there's an area of our life that is dead. And God wants to speak life to it. Is it your ability to dream? Have you become damaged in life and you can no longer dream? You can no longer hope? Where is the hopelessness? Because God has come to bring hope where there is hopelessness. Is there an area of your life that is dead? 
Have you allowed unconfessed sin to bring spiritual death on the inside of you and separate you from an ability to commune with God and be aware of Him and hear His voice and and see life in the words on the pages? Is there an area of your life that is dead? Today, in the name of Jesus, I speak life to you. I speak life. There is hope. Hope is dope. There is hope in Jesus. Okay? You know, as soon as I said, is there an area of your life that is dead, you know. So just, why don't we just close our eyes just for a moment. I just want to pray. If you want to receive fresh life from God in whatever area of, you know, it's just between you and God. Just hold your hands, palm up to receive from God. Okay? I'm just going to pray right now. God, you know what area of our lives are dead. You know what areas of our life have become dry bones, where we do not have hope, where we have lost an ability to dream, where we have lost an ability to pray for healing, where we have lost an ability to sing praises, to have joy, where we have lost an ability to see things the way that you do. God, you know where we have lost hope. And God, today, I ask by your Spirit, would you speak life into us? Lord, we open our hands to say we receive your life. We will not live out of our own strength anymore, but we will live out of your strength. We receive your life for us today. We We will no longer believe in a lie that there is no hope for us, but God, instead, we will choose to believe the truth that because you are supernatural, you raised Jesus from the dead, that that same power is available to be on the inside of us. We receive it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, what people has God put in your life who are dead? The walking dead, not those walking dead, but the ones that are walking around and they don't have hope. They need you to give them the t-shirt, hope is dope. We're going to have to make this happen now. You realize that, right? <laughs> Who are the people in your home? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting real. In your home, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, at your school, who are the people that are dead, that are hopeless? God didn't put you in Baltimore to walk around and complain about the problems. That's a whole other section of the Old Testament. God does not like people who complain. Just Google it. Google Bible, people complain. God did not put you in your home, in your neighborhood, in this city, at your school, at your workplace to complain, to be focused on your feelings and your thoughts and your problems because these are temporary. You are an eternal spiritual being having a temporary natural experience. Don't let the temporary natural experience cause you to get to heaven and have a lot of blank spaces on your VHS tape. 
Okay, so maybe God will be, I don't know how God's going to work that out. It's a laser disc and he just erases. I don't want to get there and have a lot of blank spaces because I was complaining about what I didn't like. Or because I was trapped with insecurity and comparing myself to other people. Lord knows I've spent too much time doing that. God did not create you to try to be like somebody else other than Jesus. God created you to be all of you. God created you with design because he loves you. He leads you because he loves you. He is waiting for you to realize that you are a son. You are a daughter of the living God. You are created in his image. You are created to enjoy this life with its problems, with the difficulties, with all that stuff. Because your eyes are set on something that is eternal, that is forever. It's time for us to encourage people by talking about the hope in Jesus. Okay, I gotta get to Isaiah 61. I gotta get to Isaiah 61. Okay. Jesus, when he deci- he's gonna reveal himself to be the Messiah, he stands in the temple and he reads from this prophecy. He reads from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And in this prophecy, Isaiah gets this, uses the same words that God spoke to Ezekiel, the sovereign Lord, and this direct personal connection, and we learn about God. Now, let's, let's not get it twisted. What God says to Ezekiel is a specific word to a specific people at a specific period of time, but we can lift from it. We can appropriate from it lessons about who God is, what God cares about, how God operates, and the purpose that God has for us in our lives, because what God says to him is the sovereign Lord, right? And what was the result of them coming to life? That they would know that he is the Lord. That's the purpose. So the purpose of the people that had no hope coming to life was so that they would have a context of personal relationship, unbroken personal relationship with the living God. It was not just so they could just go do whatever the heck they wanted to do. Are you with me? So Jesus stands in the temple to reveal for the first time, you you I am, right? And these are the verses that he reads. Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He said, watch this now. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. What do we see again? God cares about those who are hopeless. And watch this. Look at, look what's on the screen. The context of this prophecy, just the very previous chapter, Isaiah 16, verse 18. This is my prayer over Baltimore. Violence will disappear from your land. Salvation will surround you like city walls and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. Yes, we say yes, Lord. Right? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released, the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the, the Lord's, uh, the time of the Lord's favor has come. 
It's a messianic prophecy of this is the time of the Messiah. Now, I do not want you to walk out of here and verbally abuse the people in your home or your neighborhood. I'm so excited! Pastor Ben was yelling and I'm excited and I'm going to tell you. Whoa, whoa, okay, time out, time out. Please understand, we never recommend speaking to someone outside the context of a personal relationship where you are showing love by asking questions, listening, learning, and praying for this person on your own time. Please understand, we never recommend speaking to someone outside of the context of personal relationship where you are showing love by asking questions, listening, learning, and praying for this person on your own time. Listen, I, we have a lot of Sundays where we get together and I give you more meat, put more meat on the table. Some of y'all don't realize it because you're not really listening, but I put a lot of meat on the table. A lot of, lot of points. Lots and lots of points. Lots of practical points. And today it's really stinking simple. Because what I don't want us to miss is what God put us on this earth for. It's not about you. It's not. God wants to get his love to you and through you so that you will speak life to other people. So I want you to pause here now in this moment and think, okay, is there a dead area of my life that I want God to speak life to, right? We prayed through that. In your home. Who are the people in your home that it's time for you to pray and say, God, you know those weird things, the spiritual gifts that are in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, would you give me one of those? And how about we do the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom? And you exercise it in your home. You look across the dinner table and you don't even know what happened in their day yet. You look, you listen, maybe they don't feel like telling you. And you've prayed for that person on your own private time. Are you paying attention? I'm telling you how this works. You've prayed for this person on your own private time. You've gotten a word from God for them. Simple, happy, life-giving, building up, not judging, putting down. You hear me? Case building is not for your home. Fault finding is not for your home. Repent of that junk. You sit at the dinner table. You look across that person, say, I believe God's got something better for you. Not better than me. (laughs) I believe that tomorrow can be better than today was. And you know what? I noticed that you're really good at such and such. And I believe that God's going to use that. And I believe that God's going to give you a creative idea. And I believe that God's going to give you a creative idea about that problem on your job so that you can be a part of the solution and you can feel better about it. And I believe that God's going to open your eyes to somebody that needs a healing miracle and God's going to inspire you and you're going to pray with them and God's going to do a miracle and they're going to be changed. You can speak life to other people that are in your home and then you can go do it. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Listen, it's in here. It's in here. This faith thing is not about attending an event on a Sunday morning. It's about engagement. It's about action. It starts with this 
on the inside kind of gooey spiritual relationship with God, but then it starts to kind of bubble up and come up out and we can't help but do something about it. It's time to speak life to whoever's in your home and to your family. And then I want you to think about how can I speak life to, to my neighbors, to my coworkers, to, to my friends. How about this? Here's, here's just a few phrases on the screen. Because it really doesn't need to be complicated, long, paragraph, loud, or enthusiastic. It really doesn't. I, I just believe in a Christianity, it doesn't have to be weird. I don't know if that's just because I'm from the West Coast. I just, I don't think we gotta be, Lord. Yeah, I, come on. I've had people, people a little bit disappointed that my healing prayer for them was so short. <laughs> I said what I said. God heard me. God knows. God's got the power. Just keeping it real, right? How about this? You look at somebody and you say, God cares about you. I think everybody in this room has seen somebody in your neighborhood and you're coming and going that you think is using drugs. Well, guess what? Humans are awesome. Humans are amazing because God created them. And God loves humans. Did you hear what God said earlier, what he thinks about wicked people? He doesn't want them to die. He wants them to turn around. God is speaking to somebody. Some people are using because God's speaking to them and they're in pain and they don't know how to process it. You, you focused on how they're tearing up your neighborhood. You're angry at them. We see, look at them like they are dry bones and they are without hope. They need the t-shirt. Hope is dope. What if you stop on the street and actually look them in the eye and say, Hey, how you doing? God cares about you. I dare everybody in this room to do that once this week. A double dog, dare you. (laughs) Find one person, look them in the eye, and say, God cares about you. God loves you. Or, I care about you. Oh, we're getting crazy now. (laughs) That's risky stuff. I care about you. They're going to think I'm weird. Yeah, but you know what? What's the worst that could happen? I care about you. Here's another one. There is nothing... Too hard for God. Ask him a question. Listen to him. Let him, let him pour their guts out with whatever is going on. And you don't, don't give them the answers. Don't try to fix them. Just say God loves you. There's nothing too hard for God. Can I pray for you? They don't need a speech. Here's one. Peace is possible. Our city needs to hear this. Peace is possible. I saw a neighbor who normally smiles at me yelling and screaming and pointing and yelling and screaming. And I happened to be kind of off at a distance and all of a sudden she caught, she, she was equal opportunity screaming at everybody. And the next time I have an opportunity, to, next time I see her talk to her, she's going to feel ashamed of what she did. And I'm going to say something like, hey, 
Everybody has a human moment. Let her talk. And I'm going to say peace is possible. God brought us here to speak life to others. Where there is no peace, there can be peace. Where there is no hope, there can be hope. Because of Jesus. It's real simple today, yeah? Does that make sense? I'm over time. Let's stand and close in prayer. really wanted to just be quiet and calm today. Sorry. I don't want to freak anybody out. Pastor Ben, you say I'm talking about peace and you just look angry. I'm just so glad that we can be together. Uh, just ask God as we close in prayer that he will show you one person this week that you can look in the eye and speak life to. The prophet Ezekiel and the prophet Isaiah They're not superheroes. They're humans. They're not better than you. They're not more valuable than you. They're humans. And they didn't, Ezekiel didn't cause those bones to come to life. It's the word of God that does. Right? Lord, we thank you that we could come together today, that you could speak life into us, into the areas of our life that are dead, that you could speak life into our homes that our family members, God, we're asking that you would reveal to us who you want us to talk to this week. Would you help us to see them the way that you do? Will you help us to be brave, to be obedient to you, and to just step out, to love them, to listen, to learn from them, Lord, and to just uh, speak a very simple word of life to them. Lord, help us to be reflections of your light this week, to see peace, to see hope. In Jesus' name, amen.